you. I know your theme is about fearless restoration. And the key verse is Joel chapter 2. Can you turn there with me, please? Be glad then, you children of Zion. Our children of Zion, are you not glad now? Eh? Be glad then, you children of Zion. And rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully. Oh my goodness. And he will cause the rain to come down for you. Can I hear an amen in the house? Can I hear an amen in the house? It says in verse 24, verse 24, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Verse 24. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat and the vest shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust. Tell somebody God is about to restore to you. God is about to restore to you. It says, and the chewing locust and the great army which I send among you. Next verse. So you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame. I said you will never be put to shame. Hallelujah. Next verse, verse 28, it says then, verse 27, then you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Verse 28, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Can I hear an amen? And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. As you know, different prophets in the Bible, we have major prophets and minor prophets. It looks like we have them today as well. <laughs> so we have major prophets in the, in the Old Testament who wrote fairly long books. Uh, people like Jeremiah, Isaiah, and the like. But you have what we call minor prophets. People like Jewel, Amos, and some of those. And for the most part, these minor prophets, many of them when they wrote, their theme had to do with the theme of restoration. It had to do with restoration. In the verse that we have read, I want us to focus mainly on verse 25, where God said, I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the cankerworm and the caterpillar and the palmerworm, my great army which I sent among you. Let's give a little bit of background. This book it was written by Joel. Joel is the author of it. Now, as you know, as it is in the African culture, so it is in the Hebrew culture, that our names are very prophetic. They talk about incidents that happen. They tell a story and they tell history. So the name Joel actually means Jehovah is God. And the message in the book of Jewel, this is where Jewel as a prophet, by the inspiration of God, is calling the attention of God's people to a massive plague of locusts. He's telling them also about the severe drought that we know at this time had swept through Judah, the southern part of Judah. And as you know, it, it was that when God's people did something that was wrong, God would send punishment their way and God would punish them and there would come droughts, locusts and at times they would even be taken into captivity 
These destructive locusts that had come, they seemed to come in waves. One set of locusts would come, cause destruction. Another set would come, and another set would come. And it seemed like God's people are caught in a spiral of destruction. These destructive locusts, they would strip all the foliage from all the trees. They would strip the, the, the shrubs. They would strip the crops. And the people of Judah, as a result, were facing severe starvation. They were facing a big threat because of the famine which came. And this famine, unfortunately, followed the period after they had been invaded. So if you think invasion was bad, then the famine came. And so the prophet is even declaring more catastrophe. And he says the only way to come out of this catastrophe, that is in chapter 2 verse 12, is if you turn to God with all your hearts. The good thing about our God, no matter how severe the punishment we may come into, when we turn to God with all our hearts, God is always gracious and God is always good. Can I hear an amen? And so Joel, therefore, delivers a plea to God's people for repentance. And he says, please turn to God. And God then in return through Joel speaks back to the people. And God said, after this destruction, after this famine, after this difficult time, I as God will come through for you. That's the kind of God that we are serving. Here we are, we are coming from a difficult time around the world. Some of you, you've lost your jobs. Some of you, you've lost your family members. Some of you, as you are, you don't know how to make ends meet. And when you look at your life, it's just a series and a spiral of destruction all around. God says to you today through his word, in spite of what has happened in your life, I will restore. And God through Jewel declares that there will not only be restoration, but there will be plenty to eat in the days that will come. He says these days will also be days of renewal. See, the thing about God is that destruction and bad times never lock what God tries to do. Even if we've been under lockdown, our God is not under lockdown at all. And God said it will be a day of renewal. It will be a day of restoration, which will be marked by the outpouring of my spirit upon all people. Somebody say, upon all people. Yeah. Say it again, upon all people. Yeah. Look at your neighbors not saying anything and say, yeah, upon you, even if you're not saying anything, even upon you. But then God said, I will restore. Now, let me say a little bit about the doctrine of restoration. When you look at the doctrine of restoration in the Old Testament, it carries the following connotations. The word restoration, when it's used, and when you see restoration in, in action, it carries the following connotations. Number one, it talks about being completed. God says what has happened, even if destruction has come, even if you started and your plan stalled, some of you, you went to school, you registered this year, and you didn't finish what you did. You started a building process. It didn't get finished. God said, well, in terms of restoration, I'm going to complete what was started. No matter how many years it was stuck, it doesn't matter even if your building was half built. It doesn't matter even if you keep your love all half. God is going to help you to complete. Number two, it means to finish. Number three, it means to make prosper. 
So when God restores, he makes what you are doing to prosper. See, God is able to give us success. You know, I've come to realize, Bahesu, that success and prosperity, it, it, it comes because there is a supernatural something, something, something that is upon your life. Sometimes you can make all the plans, cross all the T's, dot all the I's, do all your strategic planning, follow all your plans. But even after you've done all there is to do, when you look at what's happening, nothing is moving on. Secondly, you need an extra something, something on top of all the plans for you. I see God putting an extra something, something, something that God moves you forward in your life. That word means to recompense. The word recompense means to pay back. It means to rescue, to refresh, to set again. God's going to set you again. It means to retrieve. Just like if you are working on your computer and you press the wrong button and all the work you've been working on for months and months disappeared. If you go to the computer experts, they will tell you, even if it has disappeared from your screen, it hasn't disappeared from your computer. It is present. It's only that you don't see it. It is there as long as you know how to press the right button. I'm going to bring it back. Some of you, when you look at your life right now, it looks like there are things that have disappeared that are not there. God is about to press the retrieve button in the name of Jesus and bring you back. And that word, it means to cause to renew. Restoration, therefore, according to the Bible, is the putting back into existence and the putting back into use that which has been lost, stolen, or misplaced. Let me say that again. It is the putting back into existence that which has been lost, stolen, or misplaced. What is it that you have lost in your life? What is it that was stolen in your life? What is it that was misplaced in your life? Now watch. When God restores, he doesn't give you what you lost. He gives you more than what you lost. In quality, in quantity, or in kind. Ah, let me say that again. When God restores to you, he doesn't give you what you lost. He gives you more than what you lost. In quality, in quantity, and in kind. In other words, if you lost your car and it was a, a basic entry car, when God brings restoration, he brings the latest full house. Am I talking to anybody in the house? God is about to restore. We see many pictures of restoration in the Bible. I don't have time to go through them. We see how God restored in the life of Job. In the beginning chapters, in chapter 1, Job lost everything. But when you go down to chapter 19, verse 25, God restores to Job. Secondly, we see in the case of Abraham and Sarah, how God restored in their case, they couldn't fall pregnant. They couldn't get a child. But when God brings a season of restoration, it becomes a season of fruitfulness. They were able to get a child even in their old age. Some of you, you think you have time out. Some of you, you think it's too late for you. Some of you, you think it will never happen again. But I'm here to tell you, God is about to bring restoration in your life. God is never too late. God is never too early. God is always on time. He is able to press the retrieve button in your life. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Hallelujah. We see also in Ezekiel 37, in the valley of dry bones, 
It was one thing if it was just a valley of bones. But the Bible says it was dry bones. I mean, already if it's bones, we know it's not going to work. Matter the bones are dry. In other words, we know if it's bones, it's dead. But if they are dry, we know it's dead, dead. And God says to the prophet, son of man. <laughs> son of man. Can these bones live again? God is asking you, son of man, daughter of man, can this business live again? Can this marriage live again? Can this career live again? Daughter of man, son of man, can this church live again? Can this home live again? And God is asking the question, even if it's dead, even if it's bones, even if it's dry bones, can it live again? And God says, when I'm about to restore, it doesn't matter how long it has been dead. It doesn't matter how dry it is. It doesn't matter how many people say it will never work. It doesn't matter how many are writing an obituary. Son of man, daughter of man, can these bones live again? Hallelujah. 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 The book of Acts chapter 3 verse 21 uses the word restitution. It says... God will bring restitution before Jesus comes back. And that word restitution, it means to set something in, to set something to its original order. There are seasons that come that cause things in our lives to be displaced. You were functioning in a certain way, but you came into a season that displaced anything, everything. I don't know about you, but this lockdown, <laughs> oh, come on now. I can see some of you are displaced. You don't know how to have church anymore, you see. So when, when, when a season like that comes, it displaces everything. And God says, what has been displaced, I'm going to set it in order. In fact, that word in the secular Greek, it was used actually to even indicate the return of a possession or a piece of land to its rightful owner. You have things of yours that have been displaced, that have been taken away from you. They are coming back. Some of you, you were walking in an anointing just before lockdown. It looks like now you are not walking in that anointing anymore. My goodness, that anointing is coming back in your life. Things were happening in your business and the season came and it caused everything to stall. And God says, don't worry. I'm going to set everything back into order again. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Amazingly, this word for restoration is used in various miracles when Jesus healed people. Amazing. In the New Testament. For instance, in Mark chapter 3 verse 5, that man with the withered hand, the Bible says Jesus restored his hand. Watch this. This is important. So in restoration, it gives us the idea and the understanding that it is something that used to be there. Something that existed before, but something wrong happened. Just like in Mark 8, 25, the blind man at the pool of Beth Bethsaida, or rather the blind man in Bethsaida, his eyes were restored. Very interesting. So this guy had eyes, but the eyes were not functioning well. 
So you can have something and have it malfunction and it's not working. And God said, I'm going to press the reset button. It's going to work again. I love it in John chapter 5. The man at the pool of Bethesda. The Bible says he had been, he had been sick for 37 years, 38 years. This man had not been well for that long. And when Jesus came, he asks him a question. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want God to restore? And that's the question. What is it in your life that you are bringing to God today? And say, God, here's this situation. Here's my family. Here's my home. Here's my business. Here's my career. Here's my plan. Here's my vision. Oh God, I want this thing to live again. I want this thing to be restored. Therefore, restoration is important. But also interesting, restoration also involves the recovery of divine truths and divine principles as when we know them, as they've been believed, taught, and experienced by the early church. In other words, there are truths that the early church lived in, practiced, they saw manifested, but as the church age unfolds, we see those truths not being emphasized anymore. So in other words, is that God is going to reset you back in terms of your spiritual intensity. <laughs> not only will you talk about the anointing, you will experience the anointing. Not only will you talk about groaning in the spirit, you will experience groaning in the spirit. Ah, oh, can I hear an amen? Not only will you talk about hearing the voice of God, but you will be led by the voice of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I see somebody being restored back to strength and power in their walk with God. Hallelujah. 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 So in restoration, God renews that spiritual life. That comes as a result of applying these principles. But I like it also. It also speaks of the completion of God's plan for the ages. In other words, everything that God has foretold comes to pass as we see in 1 Corinthians 15, 26. See, sometimes when God speaks, we go through moments where what God has said gets interrupted. And if you don't know restoration, you will think that God has changed his mind. God's interruption doesn't mean God has abandoned the plan. Ah, you're not hearing what I'm saying. When God's plan takes a detour, it is just a detour. It is just for a short time. Joseph, God showed you ruling over your family. God showed you being a prince. But all of a sudden, you end up in jail. I want you to know, Joseph, don't look at the jail. Don't look at the problems. God hasn't forgotten about the plan. God will bring to pass what he said. What is it that God has spoken over your life? I see it coming to pass. As God brings restoration. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What will God restore? In verse 25, the main verse I wanted to focus on. He says, I will restore to you, number one, the years. <laughs> the years that the locust has eaten. And then he said, the locust has eaten the, the canker worm, caterpillar, and the palmer worm. 
Very interesting. The New Living Translation says, I will give you back what you lost. To the swimming locusts, the hopping locusts, the stripping locusts, and the cutting locusts. Write them down. Swimming locusts, hopping locusts, stripping locusts, coming locusts, locusts everywhere. Hey! And God says, I will restore to you the years. Watch this. That term year speaks of a revolution of time. Please, Mabelang, this is important. There are times when we go into difficulties and we go into turbulence. And in that time, every plan of ours gets totally destroyed or totally interrupted. And when, and, and when you're looking at it, you feel like you've really lost time and you feel like you can never get back there. And God says, I will make sure I will set a new revolution for you. Whatever you have lost over time, I will make sure when I intervene, I buy back. Listen, Basalana, when God intervenes, it doesn't matter how long things have been out of order. When God intervenes, that is a new season in your life. God says, all those years that the locusts have eaten, you've cried for too long. You've been sad for too long. People have been talking about you and they've been talking to you and they've been saying you're wasting your time. God said, the time of change has come. The time of transition has come. When I arrive, I bring a new time. It doesn't matter how many years you've been lying at the pool of Bethesda. When I come, I change everything. Whatever has happened in the revolution of time, I will restore. Then he says, I will restore what the locust has eaten. This represents how locusts, or rather it speaks of a day, a time, or a season of devastation. Why? Because locusts appear suddenly and disappear suddenly. So God says, you know, just like just destruction just came suddenly and disappeared suddenly, I'm going to repair all that damage. You are left without knowing what to do. Then he says, then he comes to those different kind of locusts. Number one, he says, I will respect to you, first of all, what the Arbia locusts have eaten. The Arbia locust is a swarming locust because it, it increases rapidly when it attacks the crop. When a season came in your life and when it came, you were left with nothing. And everything you had worked for for years disappeared. Everything you have built for years disappeared in a split second. God says, don't worry. I'll restore. Number two, he says, I'll restore what the canker worm has eaten. This is the crawling worm. This is the creeping stage of a locust. It's still a young locust. It's unwinged. And therefore, because it's unwinged, how it destroys the crop, it licks the crop and it hops from crop to crop. God says this locust that just licks Little bit, little bit, little bit takes away from you. Little bit, little bit. And it hops from one situation to another situation to another situation. God says, let me tell you something. I'm going to take my, my, my heavenly doom. <laughs> and I'm going to destroy and restore what the locust has eaten. Then God says, I'm going to destroy what the caterpillar has eaten. This is the consuming locust. 
or the stripping locust, or they call it it's a locust that ravages. We, we, we say in, in, in township language, Yaravaza. God says this locust that has been ravazing you. That's about ravaz. When you have been hit so hard by crisis that you don't even know which way to turn. You don't even know where you are. You even know, don't even know who you are. God says, I will restore to you. I said, I will restore to you. God said, I will restore to you. And God says, I will restore to you what the palmer worm have eaten. This is the chewing locust. Or the cutting locust. Now here's what's said about this locust. This locust does not destroy the crop, but it affects it. So when you're looking at the crop, from the outside, the crop looks good. But this locust is eating the crop inside. All those embedded situations, embedded challenges, those people who come inside of your issues and they are destroying you from the inside, you think everything is fine on the outside, but they are inside causing all destruction. God says, I'm going to sort them out for you. I will restore to you. Can I hear an amen in the house? Can I hear an amen in the house? And God says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Now watch this. And because God doesn't give you what you lost, but he gives you back more than what you lost, then we want these seasons of restoration in our lives. We want these seasons of restorations in our lives. And I want us all to know, here's the good thing as I close. Restoration always follows a season of devastation. You know why? Because God hasn't forgotten about you. God's agenda for your life may be momentarily disturbed, but it cannot be permanently stopped. And that's why we need to be fearless, knowing fully well that our God will restore. We may come from a time of devastation, we may come from a time when we didn't know where to look, but our God will restore. And we face the future with a full confidence that God is on our side. I pray for you as you're listening to this message, wherever you are, that you will know that God brings restoration in your life. That even if you haven't made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life as yet, you invite him to come into your heart. And that if you've come through a time of difficulty, a time of sorrow, a time of pain, know that God is with you. And if there's someone even in this audience now who says, I want to invite Jesus in my life, would you raise your hand? And wherever you are watching from, you raise your hand right where you are. I want to pray with you right now. Let's pray together. Follow me in the prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer and for coming into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Give them a big hand, those who have received Christ as Savior and Lord. Thank you, Jesus.